Hello, hello, and hello! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode. If not now, when? And today, I am so honored to introduce you my special guest, Lee Levy. She is from LA, guys, a fancy city. Ah,、uh, she is a founder of Next Graphics. And she always had a passion and love for design for the past twenty five years and counting.、Um, she loves serving her customers and helping them to grow their business. And because of that, today she is featured as a successful entrepreneurs in dot com magazine and Voyage LA magazine. Today, she is not only an entrepreneur; she also a wife. A mom, and a stage two breast cancer survival. So when I first talked to her, oh my god, I am just so touched by her sheer determination and mental strength to fight for her life, even in those dark period of time, and continue to serve and stand strong for everyone around her. So with that, guys, I am just so honored to have. Lee, join the show today. Thank you so much, Lee, for joining us. Hi. Good morning. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, Lee, tell us. First of all, you had a beautiful name, so I probably also butchered it. So, please tell us. You know how to actually say your name <laughs> and where the name comes from. It's beautiful. Very, very close. It's、uh, Lee Levy. Amazing. So, where does the name come from? And also, where are you from? Well, I'm originally from New York, but、uh, parents are from Israel. Wow, amazing! So you grew up in a very cross-cultural experience. Yes, for sure. Wow, how does that like? Um, I think honestly, it's probably like very, very many Americans today who are around my age with you know parents who came from another country. So, but、uh, they they came here at a very young age, so they adapted. So you know, it's it's.、Uh, It wasn't too much old school. It was very quickly adaptable for them to be in New York City. But then again, New York City is just a mix of all kinds of cultures, so it's、mm-hmm. really easy for anyone to fit in. Yeah, that that's incredible. So tell us a little bit about、uh, your journey for design and passion. How did that all begin? I think it started at a really, really early age because I was always、uh, fooling around with any kind of. Paint or pencils or any kind of thing that I could make look better as a child.、Um, I think when my parents first noticed it was I was constantly drawing, I was constantly doodling,、um, and even when they bought me a dollhouse, thinking that I would play with the dolls, I never had any dolls. I was too busy <laughs> designing things and putting it inside of the house. And rearranging the furniture and and making new designs and new patterns for the furniture. So I was constantly trying to rip things off and redo them and make them better. So they were like, "I'm sure she has a career in design." Wow. Wait. So you like design at such an early age? I wonder why. Is it just something that you felt like when you look at something that's beautiful, you felt、uh, accomplished? Or what is it about design like drawing to draw you into in such a young age? I'm not sure. I think I, I I must have been born with it because you know it's just something that naturally came to me. And then I was even 
Uh, even when I would write things, my teachers always told me that I had a, a beautifully creative handwriting. It was almost like a calligraphy style handwriting. Wow. So yeah, it's, it just, it was just there. I don't think I <laughs> developed it. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That's incredible. So yeah, so you were born, were you like come with this natural uh, curiosity about design and you really like it when you were young. So how do you start this path uh, of founding your business? Tell us a little more. Well, I had a really uh, amazing incident happen. My first incident was when I was in uh, sixth grade in school. One of my teachers saw me um, drawing and writing and said to me that uh, she was actually getting married and she needed uh, calligraphy on the invitations. And she said to me, you have such a beautiful handwriting. If I buy you the calligraphy pen, will you do my invitations? And I was like, absolutely. Wow. Um, <laughs> and it's really funny because I remember my, my friends at the time calling me some really nasty names because this woman paid me, and we're talking very many years ago, she paid me like $200 to do the, uh, the calligraphy on her invitations. Wow. And all my friends were <laughs> working as babysitters for $5 an hour mm -hmm. so they didn't like me <laughs> wow you you have a fast start that, that's incredible this good yeah my parents were joking that I'm going to be a little entrepreneur you know if I can keep this going was that was that how kind of a seed was planted in your heart Absolutely. Because I loved it. I just made, you know, $200 for working a few hours. It was just an incredible feeling, especially in sixth grade. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you had an adventure in entrepreneurial world as a sixth grade young age. And what what's next? Well, that actually led to quite a few things. Uh, we, uh, the teacher passed my name around. A few other people were getting married and I got hired to do, I started with doing calligraphy. Wow. And then a year later, there was a contest. Uh, Hallmark uh, came to our local school and they were doing a, a contest for a child's card, for children's card. And uh, I actually won the contest, which was awesome. So I, wow. I actually created the card that won. So it was in the stores. I was just in love with all this, mm -hmm. you know, attention I was getting at the time. So it was really cool. Wow. So at this point, you get so many validation from multiple different sources about your natural sort of talents and passion to design and how things look and feel. Is that kind of already help you to form a path in your mind that this is, this is what you, this is who you are, this is what you're going to do? For sure. Wow. Okay. So let, let's fast forward. So how do you actually get started? So you have this passion, you had this experience in such a young age, and you are really good, right? So how do you able to kind of take from that moment to then start your business? Well, that came many, many, many years later, because um, I, there was a couple of things that happened in between and a few setbacks. And, uh, you know, I I was in high school mm -hmm. and of course like any other girl my age in high school I wanted to take sewing and cooking and fashion design and and all these things. I wasn't sure what kind of design I wanted to do. I definitely wanted to do some kind of design. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget because my uh my father insisted that I take a computer class and I just I remember looking at him saying what? <laughs> and that is not 
for girls. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. because at the time it was all men. All men were taking computer classes. You know, that was a geeky thing. Mm-hmm. You know, women don't do that stuff. And he insisted. He absolutely insisted. He went to my guidance counselor. He said, I want her taking a computer class. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here I am walking into the class and, um, all the boys looked at me like, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. Mm-hmm. You know, your fast forward was just a nightmare. They were constantly making fun of me if something didn't come out right. And it's it was very, very technical. It wasn't designed back mm-hmm. then. It was all coding and all technical. Well, were you the only girl in the class or one of the very yes. few? No, not just one of the very few, the only girl in the class. And wow. I was jabbed with comments and, and snickering all year long about how I don't belong in the class, how mm-hmm. girls shouldn't be coders, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was it was just awful. I mean, mm-hmm. I swear it li- really put a, a dent in my ego. But mm-hmm. the clarification was that I sucked at it. And at the very, very end of the year, I even almost flunked the final project. I just could not get the whole coding thing. Mm-hmm. And um you know, the t- I asked the teacher since I did, you know, so badly on the project, I said, do I at least get an A for creativity? Because it was different. And mm-hmm. he said, no. So he gave me a D. Wow. And, and that, was that was just the end of that. <laughs> wow. And just for context, that was, that was in the 80s, right? That was in the 80s. And I pr- pretty much remember everybody saying, you'll you'll never have a career in any kind of technical mm-hmm. field <laughs> oh my goodness so I'm wondering you know that year that experience which is you know pretty harsh and to anyone not to mention a teenager woman who are just kind of figured out who you are and your path has that experience impact you negatively in terms of questioning what's next because after that point you are very keen on design the creativity um and that was what you thought you were going to, right? I did. Uh, so after after high school and, you know, into college, I actually was studying um, interior design, which I kind of shifted over to, to that. But I was always taking graphic design classes on the side. I still knew I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what. But then along comes my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, and he needed help uh, running his company. So as soon as we... Uh, as soon as I graduated from school, I went to help him in his company. But it turns out that I just took over all the marketing and all of the graphic design work. And then it was that all of a sudden here I was doing what I loved. Um, you know, we really made the company go to the next level. I was designing all the packaging for our products. It was it was a really, really good feeling to be using it again. Mm-hmm. What was that uh, experience sort of really unexpected given that your hardship in that year in high school I, I imagine that moment you probably questioning your path and then this this venue this experience with your husband really uh really turned out really well it did but it wasn't at a hundred percent yet because this was when I was doing only graphic design mm. so Fast forward comes, everybody wants a website now because websites are the in thing and Mm -hmm. everybody needs a website. Now, at the time, you had to hire, you know, a programmer and it was a lot of money Mm -hmm. to to do a website. And uh, my husband came to me and said, didn't you do this kind of stuff in high school? I think you can build (laughs) a website. And now all of a sudden, this trauma starts coming back to me of, no, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't 
doing well in the class. And it's like all of a sudden, all this, you know, you can't do it came flooding back into my head. So I just mm -hmm. remember shaking and saying no, but he brought me this HTML book and he said, here, just give it a try. <laughs> he it in my hand. Wow. And I was like, mm, okay. So it turns out that I, I read the book. I started tinkering around with the coding. And I said, wow, this is actually not as bad as, you know, the horrible language I was learning in, in high school. So I actually tried to work around it. And, you know, fast forward later, I put up my first website and it was like the most incredible feeling in the world that all of a sudden I was like, that's it. I'm going to show all of them. <laughs> wow. So you felt being validated. Very, very, very validated. And that moment, do you felt like, okay, this is actually, I'm really good at this. This is actually my thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously couldn't really call myself a professional, but I was like, I actually got this. And it, it turns out then when I was working, you know, my husband and I ran this business for so many years, and here I am taking care of the website and, and the graphic design. We had a, a client of ours walk in, he saw me working on the website, and he said, Oh, I didn't know you're a web designer. So that was the first time I was actually called a web designer, which kind of felt really cool. <laughs> And I, wow. I said, no, I'm not really a web designer. I just do our website. And he looked at it and he said, that's really good. Would you consider doing it for my company? And my husband and I just looked at each other and he goes, sure, <laughs> go for it. So lo, lo and behold, that was my first client. I did their website. And then, uh, you know, one thing just led to another and another and another. And, mm -hmm. you know, we ended up um, moving out here to L.A., uh, about 15 years ago. And then my husband started a new business. And I was kind of like, hey, what about me? Because he started it with a partner. And he said, you know exactly what you should be doing now. You need to have your own business. You're good to go. Go for it. Mm -hmm. That and, was and, <laughs> Wow. And by this point, you kind of just working as a, as a web designer individually to help support different people. But you have not started your business officially yet, correct? At this point. Correct. Correct. Wow. Exactly. So what, how, how does that feel when your husband kind of tell you that? Um, or you scared? Because it sounds like you are very talented, but you kind of just do it because, you know, it, it happened one thing after another. You never really go after pursue that full speed. So at this point, your husband suggests you should do your own thing. How does that feel at that moment? It was exciting and scary because part of me was like, wow, I can actually do this because now I felt pretty experienced. But then, you know, first you're like, wow, how do I start a business? Where do I get customers? You know, all those questions start going through. So it's mm -hmm. it was exciting and intimidating at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, I heard a saying, it said that um, excitement and fear is literally two sides of the coins. And anytime you want to take any venture, any um, opportunity, you always felt the both. And when you do that, that means a good thing. That means you're going to grow, you're going to uh, make a different leap than you were before. Yes. That's beautiful. Okay, so how do you get past that fear, that moment? You were excited, but you kind of a little bit worried and afraid. How do you get past that moment for yourself? I, you know, even though I can feel intimidated, I don't like that feeling. And there's a part of me that, you know, I, I joke about it, you know, perfectionism slash OCD, uh, I just said, I have to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put it behind me because it, I feel like if you don't try something, you're not going to know what you could have been missing. 
So the first thing I did, I said, well, I have to get myself out there. And just remember back then there was no, uh, I mean, there was internet, but it wasn't what we have today. And there was no social media. It was, you know, before all that. So all the networking was face to face. I said, you know what, I'm just going to open my business. I'm going to go join a local uh, chamber of commerce. I'm going to join a few networking groups. I'm going to start talking about what I do. And, you know, one thing led to another. I met people. I started doing meetings. The, and, you know, all of a sudden I got my first uh, client from the Chamber of Commerce. And then I got my second client from the Chamber of Commerce. And then they told some people and a few other networking groups asked me to join. And honestly, the rest is just history. It's mm -hmm. all about meeting people. Wow. That's pretty bold of you. You were scared, but you say, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. You show up. You do the right thing and the world just happened for you. It totally happened like that because it's today, honestly, my business is mostly word of mouth. When, when you know that many people and, you know, I started speaking at events too, and that really, really helped, uh, you know, to, to mm -hmm. show you as a professional in your field, mm -hmm. but you know, all that wouldn't have happened. All the speaking opportunities would not mm -hmm. have happened for the people I met when I was networking. Mm -hmm. And Lee, if I remember correctly, you know, speaking in front of people, doing podcasts, those kind of things are not natural for you, right? No, I was very, very shy introvert growing up. So, <laughs> so another fear wow. that I had over, I, I was not into speaking in public. I would shake in front of 10 people if I had to make a presentation, you know, uh, my knees behind the podium were shaking. <laughs> so how do you kind of um, get out of that? that mentality right today when I talked to you I had zero idea I could not even guess remotely you are sounds you know so incredible and you sounds confident you are who you are it's just beautiful like how do you step out of that because I asked for that because oftentimes uh, I think a lot of our listeners maybe also in that state of mind whether uh, they also want to conquer a challenge or um, overcome uh, any obstacles that's just not comfortable for them so how did you uh, move beyond that point and step into your own genius zone a lot, a lot of practice. I used to actually uh, practice in front of uh, friends. I used to get feedback. I used to practice in front of um, small groups. When they asked me to do a presentation, I got feedback. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people join Toastmasters and things like that, and I was invited, but I got to the point already where you speak in front of five and then you speak in front of 15 and then all of a sudden you speak in front of 50 and that was like, whoa. And uh, you know, the feedback that I got from people was just so good. It, it just <laughs> it purges all your fear when you get that kind of feedback. Mm -hmm. And you know, my biggest thing I was scheduled to do was a WordPress conference, um, which was supposed to happen the week of COVID unfortunately, but that was supposed to be 500 people. So that would have been my biggest yet. Wow. That's incredible. I love that you just take micro step, kind of building up your conference as you go and um, and really just kind of have a vision and just taking step every day or every week, every month and towards that that eventual the goal, the 500 uh, conferences that you mentioned. Yes. So tell us about, you know, how does business coming along, right? You mentioned at that point you uh, have a incredible referrals from what our mouth, from past good customers and you were growing and what happened? 
Uh, everything was going beautifully for the last 15 years I've been running this business and, you know, it grows, it grows every year. Very, very happy taking on new opportunities. And then January 20th of last year was when I got, um, I guess we call it a slap. Uh, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer, which was like the most horrific thing that somebody can hear, mm -hmm. uh, especially when they're trying to, you know, advance in their business and career. Or to anyone. Yes. So how do you feel that moment you heard that news? And were you expected at all? No. Uh, I do mammograms every year. And every year they were perfect. And that's just what I was expecting to hear again. And then, you know, one year it's not. And all of a sudden you're flooded with so many um, thoughts that go through your head. And, you know, I was honestly depressed for, for two months. It, it really hit me hard. It just really hit me hard. It, I don't know if it was ego. I don't know, you know, what it was, but it, it just hit me so hard that I just couldn't think straight. And I, I literally, a lot of things had to go on hold. Um, it was a very, very hard time for me those first two months until I actually accepted it. Mm -hmm. So what was, you know, at that two months period of time, which um, obviously, it's very difficult. What is the biggest fear around me in your mind? Well, the biggest fear is usually, you know, how am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to take care of my customers? How am I going to be health-wise? Am I going to be able... Because you hear so many stories, and unfortunately, everybody has a different experience when it comes to cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course like any normal brain, you always relate to the negative stories first. And I've heard some really terrible stories. So without knowing what your experience is going to be, the, the fear of mm -hmm. what you've seen and heard just takes over. So mm -hmm. I, I really let that get a little out of proportion. So how do you able to kind of from that moment, move forward to the acceptance? Well, I knew that it had to happen, you know, having family and friends and everybody sending chocolate and flowers for sure helped <laughs> your mental state. And uh, I just knew that, you know, if I didn't go through it, obviously it was just going to get worse and then I wouldn't be here at all. So I didn't have a choice. I just said, you know, I have to do this and I'll just take it one step at a time. And I knew that I'd have to go through uh, surgery, chemo and radiation. Unfortunately, they stuck me with all three. So each one is like a, a, a terror of its own. Wow. So how does that treatment process went back in the time? The surgery was first and, you know, so that was about a three week, uh, healing time. I was, I was in a lot of pain, a lot of medication. Um, I did a lumpectomy, so obviously there were scars involved and, uh, you know, just had to heal. They wouldn't start the chemo until I was healing from that. Um, but you know, again, like th the surgery was really not the hard part. It really was the chemo. The chemo, uh, again, affects everybody differently, but it just weakened me to the point where I just, I felt just so sick most of the time. I would have uh, chemo every three weeks. Two weeks after I was very, very sick. And then one week right before I had to get the next dose, I would get a little bit of strength back. And that's when I just did all my work because I just didn't have a choice. Wow, you still continue to serve your customers while you've been through this? Yes, physical? I decided to let them all know, uh, you know, so one by one, I either called or emailed or texted or however I got it. And I let them know about my situation. I also told them that 
Uh, you know, if they couldn't wait for things to get done, I actually had somebody ready to take the work over because I did not want to leave them hanging. Um, you know, customer service is customer service. Even when you have clients for years, you must take care of them no matter what. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's it. It was very, very uh, beautiful to find out that most of them were with me mm -hmm. uh, through thick and thin. And they said, we're going to wait for you. We've been with you for years. You mm -hmm. know, anything that was an emergency or they told me was I, re I really had somebody on, on standby to help them out. Mm -hmm. And which they appreciated. Um, but most of them sat and, and waited for me. It was, it was mm -hmm. amazing. It's just, uh, mm -hmm. I remember I had to start taking the laptop with me to the chemo room because honestly, when you sit in that room, uh, you know, hooked up and getting that stuff in your, in your, uh, chest and you're looking around the room, it's the most miserable experience that you can have. There are so many people in those reclining chairs and they're all just depressed and looking at the floor and fighting this horrible disease. And, and I guess, you know, some people take it worse than others, but I remember looking around the room and I would watch people's expressions and I felt very depressed. And I said, there's no way that I'm going to let this get the best of me. Um, and that's it. I took my laptop. I was staring at my laptop. I was working and I was not looking around the room. Wow. I, I love that you're just able to, you know what, make a call. Like you decided this is not for you and you, there's something, there's something bigger, bigger, better that you are look at you are, you are after is that a yes. thought into your mind yes absolutely you have to really really have a, a strong mindset um and looking back at it now i i really wished i didn't take two months to get over this because normally i i am stronger than that uh normally something gets me down I, I you know one two days i'm back on my feet or whatever but this was just i don't know what happened or what took over or who came into my body but i really uh, regret being upset for that long and, you know, trying to get through this, but I made that decision and I stuck through it. And now I feel good about it. Mm -hmm. Lee, I think you're so hard on yourself. Two months in such an incredible, incredible, challenging time. I don't think anyone's look around and point fingers and say, Oh my God, Lee, why did you take two months? <laughs> you are so incredible of, you know, being so strong. And even in those dark times, you think about, you focus on your client first. And for all our listeners, you did not know at that point, she is a one woman show. So she do everything and she did not, she did not decide, you know, what, I'm going to quit. I cannot do this anymore. You decide to continue to serve even, even though you are so weak physically. That's incredible. And I want to ask you, Lee, so, you obviously been through such a tough time and you're able to really pick yourself up really over and over again. I'm curious, uh, for our summer listeners, you know, right now it's a difficult time for all of us, right? The pandemic we are living through and all those things. What's your advice or suggestion on folks who may be in a you know similar mental state? How would you suggest and them to kind of really get up? Um, pandemic is horrible, obviously, for a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people that are suffering, either trying to start a business or wanting to start a business. And even for myself, when when it first hit, uh, you know, all of a sudden, my clients just called me and put everything on hold, because nobody knew if they're getting paid where the money was coming from, they were getting shut down. So I think business shut down for a lot of us, I think maybe only zoom was the only company that profited in this pandemic. Um, but I decided to take the time and just learn things because there was my little uh, black book that I kept while I was um, during the chemo. Yes. And tell us anything about that I, yes. Yeah, yeah. Everything that I thought about that I wanted to do, 
later, which was written in the in the book. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Because also when you're very sick, you you really want to think about things that you should be doing. I don't want to call it a bucket list, but it's technically a bucket list. All these things all of a sudden that you want to do and you want to take advantage of when you're when you're well. Mm-hmm. And I kept a book and all simple things, even like learning um, specific social media skills or, you know, specific courses I wanted to take. And one by one, I said, you know what? Pandemic is here. Nobody's working. I have a little bit of downtime. Let me go and learn these things. And I'm just keeping myself busy and keeping myself off the news because honestly, when you're sitting and listening to this every single day, the news, the media, how many people are sick, how many people are dying again, it's like, for me, I don't want to hear this. I just want to, focus on my own world and push forward because once pandemic is over, you have to rise above it again. I love that. I think, you know, how you uh, overcome this, you know, difficult time for all of us is, I love that you're just able to reinvent yourself over and over again, whether it's the moment you're in the, the treatment center, when you look at all the folks around you and you don't want to be in that depressed mode, you're able to really uh, focus on the goal, focus on the bucket list you say that you wanted to do afterwards and parallelly today in the pandemic you also do a similar process right write down all the things you want to accomplish so really keep yourself um moving forward is, is that a fair statement yeah absolutely i think you really have to do that you have to force yourself and no it's not it's not easy it's really not easy to to come into that mindset, but you have to do it if you want to mm-hmm. push forward. So tell us a little bit about um, the, the, the cancer treatment. So are you uh, healthy today? And how does that, you know, you said a couple months ago, how's that impacting you today? Uh, it's funny because I pretty much finished with chemo right a few months before pandemic started. So I was just starting to enjoy life again, fully and healthy. And then this came in. So this is like quarantine number two for me. Wow. <laughs> um, except this time, at least I'm healthy, knock on wood. Um, so That's yeah, it, it's, I'm, I'm good. I can't complain. At least I have my health. Cause if you don't have your health, you can't have anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, first of all, congratulations. I'm so happy to hear that you are well today. Um, and, you know, after this, such a difficult time with the breast cancer, I'm, I'm curious, you know, after months of the battling with the illness, the physical fatigue and all those things, well, I wonder, do you have any um, epiphany or what do you learn from that experience? And do you become a different person because of that? Absolutely. Because we, I think a lot of us are guilty of just, you know, um, not letting little things go. You know, I have to say that when you get news like that, all of a sudden, it just makes you think about all the stupid things that you've either said or, or got upset over or had a fight with somebody about and just all of them in one shot, in one snap of a finger become irrelevant. Um, you know, or people you haven't seen for a while or people you haven't been keeping in touch with, just all that stuff flies through your mind. And and that's just one thing that I said that as soon as I'm well, I was going to um, not let those things happen again, because you just you just don't know really what you have until it's taken away from you for a while. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. I, I love that. And um, once again, I'm so happy that you are well and healthy today. And I'm just curious. I know you just get out of this illness and you know, just literally a couple of weeks later, pandemic happened, right? You have to 
quarantine again, like like you used your word. Was it、yes. hard when you first heard that? How do you able to adapt in that、uh, situation? You know, like everybody else, we're all just being careful.、Uh, you know, obviously, I had to be very, very careful because my blood、uh, levels were not back to normal yet. But again, I'm just, you know, taking a lot of walks,、uh, doing some exercise, trying to keep my 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 body in good shape, my mental state in good shape.、Um, you know, this is a good opportunity to. Uh, maybe do some hobbies. I actually took up my photography hobby a little bit more. It's been really, really、wow. fun. You know, just keep your keep yourself busy because trust me, the mind wanders towards the negative no matter what, and you don't want to do that. So keep busy, keep focused, and and push ahead. We can't help it, and we're all in it together.、Mm-hmm. I I love that. I love Lee. You are just so positive, and you know, I feel like doesn't matter what life throws to you, you always were able to flip the coin on its head. And really take charge and、um, live the live your life the, the the fullest the whatever all the incredible thing you wanted to do you are doing it. I love that. Thank you. So so tell us a little bit about how's the business today. How's everything? Ah,、uh, right now it's good. I mean, like I said, there was a little bit of a hold for a while, and none of us knew what was going on. So of course we all had a little bit of, you know, fear and, and what's going to happen and when is this going to end and how long is my business going to be shut down for, you know, lucky for me, I don't have a store and, you know, I work online, but again, a lot of businesses were shut down. So yes, it, of course it affected my business, like it affected everybody else's.、Um, but I think, you know, now that people got used to this a little bit more and a few more businesses have Have come back, you know. Everybody started calling me and gave me the green light to move on. So for me, knock on wood, I'm doing okay right now. Beautiful.、Um, I'm glad to hear. You know, things are doing well for you, and、uh, I just love that you have such a passion and dedication to continue to serve your customer and clients. You know, helping them through this tough time as well. And really looking back, circle back,、uh, Lee, you you share such a beautiful journey with all of us today. Whether it's how you grow up and how you fall in love with、um, the passion, the design, and kind of along the way, how do you start a business and obstacles, you know, really、um, setbacks along the way. I'm curious today, looking back, Lee,、um, what would you say to yourself if you could, you know, whether you are 25 or you were、uh, 18, when you when you time that little bit. Uncertain and not sure what to do. What would you say to your younger self? I'm curious. Not to be afraid of anything because you only get one chance. And <laughs> I probably wished I I had started sooner, but that's okay.、Uh, you know, you all have to start somewhere. We all have our different、mm-hmm. uh, stages. But I definitely would have、um, stopped being shyer sooner if I knew what was coming.、Mm-hmm. So, what you really wanted to、uh, accomplish, guys? What's what's your dream? What's your goal from this point? I am kind of doing it because one of my plans was to start really going onto social media and taking my business to a whole new level and start doing online trainings, online teachings.、Uh, I'm working on a course that I'm、uh, web website design course that I'd like to sell、uh, eventually. Um, and just getting out there, you know, talking like with one, wonderful people like you,、mm-hmm. <laughs> and you. this is it. I'm I've been doing it, so I have no complaints. And、mm-hmm. who knows where it'll go from here? That's beautiful. And we will make sure to include all the incredible links below, so folks can find you、um, directly. And Lee, today you you know come out from this you know illness coming coming out. You are 
so much stronger than ever before. And you have so many goals, ambitions um, they want to accomplish. I'm curious, what does that mean for you? Is it you want to prove um, that you can't, you got this? Or where are those come from? And what, what, why does that mean? What does that mean for you? I mean, it's just very, very, it feels good. It, I just can't describe it. It's just a good feeling that, you know, if somebody would have told me back in the day that I would have had a career in, in the technology industry and coding in addition to design, mm -hmm. I would have really probably dropped on the floor and started laughing. <laughs> wow. I love that. You literally redefined who you are along mm -hmm. the journey. That's beautiful. So yeah, um, I guess my last question is, um, Lee, obviously you are incredibly creative and you have such a beautiful journey. Uh, what inspires you today? Ah, uh, what inspires me today? Uh, I think everything, honestly. I, I get inspired by a lot of things. I get inspired by seeing other people start businesses. I get inspired by seeing... Uh, a lot of, you know, uh, young men and women uh, starting their journeys a lot earlier today than than in my time. Um, I'm inspired by a lot of things I see. When you look on social media, there's just so many beautiful stories, people that overcame things, you know, everything is really inspiring to me, everything that's going on around me. Oh, I love that you just appreciate life the fullest. I love that. For sure. Um, is there anything else you want to share with our audience that I have not asked? Um, I think on a personal, I've made it a personal mission that I, I just want to let women know out there that they really need to get their mammograms done at least once a year, because mm -hmm. I've seen and heard some really bad stories along the way, because obviously when you're involved in, in cancer, you meet a lot of other people with, with similar journeys. And mm -hmm. there's just so many women that wished they had gone earlier and detected it earlier because it is savable. It is treatable. Mm -hmm. And there's just too many women that I come across and they say that they haven't done it for five, for 10, for 13 years, or they've never done it at all. My goodness, please. I know it's a scary thing. Yes. It's not a pleasant thing. I'm not going to lie. It's not a pleasant thing to have, mm -hmm. have a mammogram, but it's better to have a little bit of unpleasant for five minutes than to get a story like that because mm -hmm. you could have just gone and done it. Wow. Thank you, Lee. And thank you for sharing that. I personally guilty of that. So I will make sure to get it done <laughs> in the next few months. So all our listeners, our audience, if you are female, if you are thinking about it, it is the time. <laughs> yes. Well, sure. thank you so much, Lee. I love your story. I love you bring so much passion, so much uh, positivity to everything you do, whether it's your life, uh, your career, and now your personal mission to make sure everyone will get the exam done uh, earlier in their life. So I love everything you do. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you're amazing. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm here for you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the show for today. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. And have a beautiful day. I could not wait to see you guys next time. Mm -hmm.